Well, hello once again, and once again, happy Father's Day weekend. Um, and dads, you know, you're kind of a big deal, such a big deal that we, uh, we're, we're taking a break from our series called Resolve, where we're looking at how to resolve some of the difficult things in relationships we tend to keep in there to help them just be free of that. And we'll, we'll finish out that series next week. So one more week for relationships to be bad. And then next week we'll fix it. How about that? That, that fair enough? But this week we want to honor dads. And, uh, because as I said, you are kind of a big deal. And, uh, and we're going to talk more than just dads, but let me focus on dad just a little bit to let you know how big of a deal you are. I'm going to read some quotes from kids about their dads. And this is, these are excerpts from these essays that have been done since the 1990s. They've done it every year in Illinois, this essay contest that kids write. They have like 500,000 of these now, but, and I'm not going to go that many, but here's just some excerpts from a few. This one from a sixth grader. Without my father, it would be like a ball without any air inside it. When I'm feeling sad, he comes and cheers me up by telling me a silly joke or buying me a pack of baseball cards. My dad is a hardworking man, but he still has time for me. So way to go, dad. Uh, This first grader. Uh, it's going to talk about Frito-Lay and after all, since this is, I picked this one since we're, you know, North Dallas, Plano headquarters of Frito-Lay. He's a Frito-Lay man. That's an important job because Frito-Lay means chips, which is food. That's so important because you could not live without food. Proud of his dad. A fourth grader. My dad is so great that if someone offered me a choice to be rich or to love my dad, I'd say definitely love my dad. I'm already rich. I've got the greatest dad. That's sweet or what? So that'll give you an idea, right? And uh, look it up, though. There's so many of those. If you look up Illinois and, and essays about dads, it's pretty cool uh, reading that. And, uh, and so I, I do want to say happy Father's Day to dads. And, and the fact that you're here this weekend is really cool. Because uh, it tells me a lot about you and it tells your family a lot about you. Because on Father's Day, you know, dads kind of get a free pass. You can do what you want to do. And you've decided whether you're watching online or here at uh, our physical campus, you've decided to make a priority of coming to church. Now, some of you may be thinking, wait a minute, I could have done whatever I wanted to do. <laughs> but that, don't, I, you still, I'm still going to count you as, uh, with, with, uh, as, as being a person, you know, say, no, I'm, I'm going to make this a priority. And I think that's really important because, um, because kids are always watching, you know, and, and we're going to talk about that today, about how important it is if we're going to pass on the faith to develop it ourselves. And, and the fact that you're here tells me that your spiritual life, your spiritual journey, you may not be a Christ follower yet. But your spiritual search is important to you enough that you're you've showed up. Or if you are a Christ follower, it's important enough to you that you've made this a priority. And I I think that's that's really, really cool. It also tells me and tells that that you um, want to pass on the faith to your kids. And um, and so that's what we're going to talk about today is is how to pass on the baton of faith. How do we pass on spirituality to our kids? Um, and, and I know a lot of you aren't dads. Most of you aren't dads that are watching or are here right now. And we're going to talk to more than just dads because all of us have responsibility to help pass the faith on to the next generation. God has placed kids in your life on purpose. It could be uh, you may be a mom. Uh, you may be an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent. You may be an older brother, older sister. Even just the fact that you're in this church 
means you have responsibility for the next generation in our church. Uh, it, it's all of us uh, are in on this. And all of us, I believe, with the life in, in the kids in our lives, we want our kids to know God. We want them to flourish in the way that only a person can flourish when they follow Jesus. We want them to live into the destiny that he has for them. And so how do we help make that happen? What is our role? How do we do all we can to pass the baton well and not fumble the baton pass? And you could certainly argue really easily. This is an important time in history in our culture to make sure we don't fumble the baton pass. And so let's talk about it. And the good news is we have an incredible passage in the Old Testament at a critical time in history then. When the people of God in the Old Testament, Israel, they were going into the promised land and Moses, their leader at the time, is helping them understand how they can pass the baton of faith to the next generation as he's preparing them to go into the promised land. And in Deuteronomy 6, it's just this incredible passage how to do that. And here's where it starts. These are the commands, decrees and laws. The Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. He's just given them all these instructions so that you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord, your God, as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life here, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. What he's saying is when you and I submit to God, when we obey what God says, God doesn't just arbitrarily tell us to do stuff just for the fun of it. He made the world. He knows how it works. He knows how how it works best. And if you and I are going to flourish in life, it's going to be as we learn to obey uh, all that God has taught and just live in it, because that's why he gave it. That's why we have that wisdom. But notice Moses said, I want you to do this in a way that not only you, but your children and their children after them will continue to be able to flourish as they live in obedience to God. So the question is, well, how do we help not just us, but our children and their children and their children and their children from generation to generation to generation? How do we get this right? How do we pass the baton? Let's keep going. Because here's the baton. Here's what we're trying to pass. He'll then tell us how to do it. But this verse is arguably the most important verse in the whole Old Testament. It's called the Shema. And it's here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Now, when I say that was the most important passage in the Old Testament, um, it, it was actually a, a good Israelite was instructed in Deuteronomy, and they did this. Jesus would have done this growing up. It would have been the first verse he memorized. Every morning when they got up, the first thing they did is say the Shema, this verse. At night before they went to bed, the last thing they did at night was say this verse. Martyrs, when people were martyred for their faith throughout uh, Jewish history, they would, uh, as whatever was happening was happening, they would say this verse. When Jesus was asked, What is the most important commandment in the whole Bible? He said, the Shema, this verse. And when you look at it, it makes sense, right? Because it's love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. That that's what we're trying to pass on. It's a life that says, I don't just believe some things. That's not the Christian life. The Christian life goes way beyond that. It's saying, I'm going to love God more than anything else. 
He's the one that's going to drive my life. I'm going to center my life around him. And I'm going to love him with all my heart and with all my soul and all my strength, a passionate devotion to God so that I can live fully into all that he has for me. That's what we want to pass on to our kids. Well, how do we do that? These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And when you kind of pull that out, couple of disciplines to do. Because the baton pass is easy to fumble. It's not just going to happen. It takes some intentionality. And to be intentional in two ways. One is to develop your own contagious relationship with God. Meaning if you and I are going to pass the baton of faith, we have to have the baton of faith. You and I can only pass on to somebody else what we have. We, we can't give what we don't already have. In Christianity, spirituality, a, a passionate love for God is definitely more caught than taught. And that's why I said develop your own contagious relationship. Because spirituality is more like a contagious disease. It's passed organically. Uh, and, and we know a little bit about contagious diseases lately. You know, coming out of a pandemic and... Um, and it's awesome that I can say coming out of a pandemic, right, after all that we've gone through in COVID season. But we're still in this kind of awkward season. You know, like we I don't know about you, but, you know, you, you're like, well, should I wear a mask or not when you go somewhere like you go into a restaurant or you go into a, 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 a mall or you go into a grocery store? You know, should I should I wear uh, one of these or not, even though I'm vaccinated? Should I do it? And. And some people do and some people don't. What I'm seeing more a lot lately is people um, doing it. And I'll describe it for those who are just listening to this where they have a mask on, but it's like under their chin. That's happening a lot. And, and, I, and it's, re- it's really kind of bizarre to me. Like, why? But I think I think it's a way to say to people who think we should wear a mask like, hey, I've got one. But for people who think we shouldn't, it's like, yeah, but I'm not going to put it on my mouth. I'm cool. Right. So it's like uh, it's sort of like trying to please everybody, which you can't do. Trust me. I know. And so, you know, I, but there's there's that that awkwardness of the mask or awkwardness of handshakes. I'm kind of over it now. I mean, now it's it's fine. But but about four weeks ago, even five weeks ago, when people first started shaking hands again, and I know it's still awkward for some people. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it now. But but five, six weeks ago, it was like, wait a minute. Is this OK? Like, should should I, you know, somebody hold out their hand and I do this instant math in my head because I got the J&J vaccine. So I'm thinking, OK, I've got an 85 percent chance. The other one's 96 percent. But I've got an 85 percent chance if this person has covid of of this vaccine working and i won't get covid so that's you know that's great but that's there's a means there's a 15 percent chance that i might get it right so that's one out of every eight handshakes i'm a goner you know it's a kind of in my mind or, or it could be or whatever so i'm thinking man i you know so um is it, but then if they vaccinate if they've been vaccinated well math is way in our favor right then almost don't even worry about it and so then it's a quick calculation of, hey, does this look like the kind of person that would get vaccinated or the kind of person that would blow it off? Because, you know, 15 percent chance this could be a problem. So all that going through. Maybe you didn't go through all that in your head really quickly. Uh, but a few weeks ago, that's the kind of stuff that was going through my head. So we've learned a few things. Right. We've learned to think at least about contagious diseases and how that works. So spirituality is more caught than taught. 
I mean, you and I can say to our kids and kids in our life, however you relate to a child, hey, don't do, don't do what I do, do what I say. And that's not going to happen because what you do, what we say, it really is important. We'll get to that. But what you and I do is way, way more impactful. Uh, I, I still remember uh, one time driving down the road and, and Caleb, my youngest, was in, he was uh, in the older two, maybe older two, three range, and he's in the back seat. And we're in the left-hand lane, and I can be a little aggressive in my driving sometimes. I've gotten better. But in the left-hand lane, and somebody was going slow in the left-hand lane, they didn't realize that the left-hand lane is called what? The passing lane. Yeah, it's not driving lane. It's the passing lane. It just helps me to get that off my chest every every couple of years around here. Just remind, hey, it's Chase Oakers. Let's, let's take responsibility to make the left-hand lane be a passing lane. That's right. Well, anyway, this person didn't get that memo. So I was, you know, I, I slowed down and I was maybe a little close and, uh, and, and from the back seat, from my, you know, three-year-old in the back seat, I hear this out of the way, bozo. I'm thinking, okay, so where did he get that? Uh, obviously Christy, he'd been driving around Christy, but, um, but kids do more, right? Like they watch, they, they see, right? And, and the same thing it, it is true, certainly spirituality. Here's, just, here's the scary thing about this is that you and I as adults, certainly those of us who are dads. And by the way, there's a lot of studies that will show that dads are by far the most influential in, in terms of what kind of spirituality we pass on to our kids. But you and I actually already are passing on spirituality to our kids whether we know it or not, we're passing on priorities to our kids, what's important in life to our kids, whether we know it or not. And what what Moses is saying, so then let's be intentional that we're passing on a vibrant spirituality. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And so the best thing you and I can do for the kids in our life is to develop our own faith. It's to grow our own relationship with God. It's to make Him our biggest priority and our biggest passion in life. And, uh, and you know, right now is an interesting time. I mean, I'm kind of preaching to the choir, right? Because, I mean, it's Father's Day, like I said. You dads and, and other people in the room, I mean, you're here. So that, that does say a whole lot, um, which is, is really cool. But there's a whole lot of people right now that are just uh, all over the country, Christians, who were engaged, who are just sort of floating out there now. And I get it. We're coming out of a pandemic. You know, it's, it's easy to put spiritual life on the back burner. But let me encourage us to encourage people we know just to reach out to them and make sure they're okay. Because drifting is a dangerous spiritual place to be. And so just if you think, man, I, I don't wonder how they're doing. Or, man, I haven't seen them in my small group in a long time. Or, man, I used to sit by them and I haven't seen them in a long time. Just reach out to them and say, hey, I want to know how you're doing. And come to group with me. Or, hey, come sit with me at church or Watch online with me or whatever. Um, I think it's really important right now. But the fact that you and I, that you're, you're here, you're online, uh, again, says a whole lot. But let's keep taking steps. Because that's essentially what the Christian life is. It's walking with God and taking new steps with Him. As we spend time, as we grow, we spend time with other godly people in community. We spend time with God on our own through the Word. We show up uh, like we are right now and hear from him and put that into practice. We serve him in different ways. As we prioritize our spiritual growth, then we can organically pass it on. So obviously it's important, like what we do. But it is important what we say also. 
And that's the next thing that he's going to say. Seize every opportunity to talk about the faith with your kids. Thinking back, he said, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. We don't have to be overly literal about all that. You have to go home and write stuff on your house. the, The point that he was trying to make is, hey, look, take every opportunity you can as you go through your day. Take every opportunity you can to turn moments into teaching moments and to talk about God. And, and you know, when you, when you see a sunset, talk about God's creativity and how he, he created not only sunsets to be beautiful, but he was intentional about them and the way he created them. And to think about that, or we'll, we'll actually give a little bit more on that here in a few minutes on how to have those conversations. But one of the things that's going on around here is also really important. And because as a church, we want to do a really good job passing the baton to the next generation. And, and so we're changing, making some enhancements, some improvements to our children's ministry, which Kids Own is awesome. Uh, but you're going to be hearing more about this next week as we're kind of uh, rebranding Kids Own. It's going to be called Kids Co. Um, they'll talk about that next week. But some of the changes that are being made, one of them is uh, what we've done through the curriculum is thought about from birth to, okay, maybe one or something, but from birth to high school. When people graduate, what if if people are going to be solid in their life and solid in their faith as kids and as junior hires and as teenagers, what do they need to be exposed to biblically? Like, what do they need to know? What kinds of things do they need to be thinking through? And so it's just at each stage of life, making sure that they're having the right kinds of input and the right conversation to equip them uh, to face what they're facing as kids and teenagers and so they'll be having these conversations and, and learning these biblical truths. And at the same time, it's an opportunity for parents to be part of the conversation. Because that's where it's really gonna, that's where it's really gonna sink deeply into their hearts and lives. They'll be exposed to it at church, they'll be great, they'll have a blast, they'll, they'll have this great discussion. But then, uh, there'll be opportunities for however you relate to a child, but for those of you who are parents, certainly, for parents to be able to say, okay, let's talk about that. And there'll be prompts and opportunities to say, well, man, if I'm going to pass the baton, like, I don't know, like, what kind of conversations do I have? And it'll be like, well, we're going to we're going to tee it up for you to be able to have the kind of conversations that you really do want to be having with your kids. And it'll shape them uh, for their whole life to be able to live into all that God wants for them. And you'll hear more about it next week. Uh, It also means it's a great opportunity if you're looking for a place to serve in the church and think, man, I want to be used by God to have an impact. And, and I don't, I just don't know where, um, kids co is, is an incredible opportunity. I can't imagine as well as student ministry as well. I can't imagine a more strategic one than equipping the next generation and making sure we pass the baton well. And you'll also have a blast for Christy. My wife, uh, serves at our Woodbridge campus. She comes here on Friday night, uh, at the legacy campus. And then uh, serves at our Woodbridge campus in, uh, in Studio 56. And I'd love to say that the highlight of her church week is hearing me speak on Friday nights. Um, I haven't asked her, but my guess is the highlight of her church week is when she's with her kids at Studio 56 leading those small groups because she just 
loves it. She loves coming home, talking to me about it and just saying, man, these kids are so amazing and they're so smart. And you just can't believe the kind of conversation we had and the kinds of things they're thinking through. I'm so impressed. And uh, anyway, just so if you're looking for a way to engage, it's a great way to engage. So when you put all this together, we just want to do a good job passing a baton of faith to the next generation, right? And it, and it first means making sure we have something to pass and then to be intentional in that baton pass. 